Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. All right. Did you guys know that they have bugs on the moon? They do. Bugs on the moon? Yeah. It's full of lunar ticks. (laughs) (laughs) oh dear are you sucking exhaust in your car is that what you're doing i may have left the car on in the garage with the window down my bad the moon is not the only place the moon (laughs) is not the only place where those exist (laughs) but it's all of them Oh, man, buddy. We're so glad you're here. Another exciting episode of the No More Leadership BS podcast, where we bring to you the newest, latest, greatest, awesomest, most accurate and truthful and factful information you can find anywhere on the planet. With un- <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that might have been a rather braggadocious statement, but <laughs> we do the best we can with what we got. And not just me, it's a great, phenomenal team here. Let's introduce ourselves real fast. I'm going to go from my top left all the way around in my circle. The incomparable, tall, dashingly handsome and intelligent, Mr. Jeff Geyer. How are you doing today, my friend? Hey, hey, I'm great, G-Up. I'm just trying to figure out how to spell braggadocious. Is there two Z's? I don't know. (laughs) It's quite atrocious. (laughs) Braggadocious, quite atrocious. (laughs) Oh, man. Spell if you're precocious. There we oh, go. You stole my line, Sam. I'm next. <laughs> Snipe the word. Oh, do we? Oh, gosh. Next up, we have the... Mr. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get the wrong idea. Dr. Sam Jennings here. How are you doing today? I was going to say my first name is Doctor, so, you know, Mr. Doctor works nicely. It's a great day. Happy <laughs> to be here in the Fountain of Truth and getting ready to uh, share some wisdom with the four people who will take it in. Ready to rock and roll. Fountain of truth. <laughs> the, the fountains of truth. I love that. We're going we're gonna to take that and roll with it now. The amazing and always keeps us in line and make sure that we get our things done. Miss Myra Hall. I just disagree with you because I can never keep you in line. <laughs> I can never keep you in line. But that being said, I do try. So there we it's go. so good to be here. And thank you, Jacob. As always. And of course, last but not least, Mr. Jeff Conroy. How you doing? <laughs> Man, I am I am stoked. I am so sugared up on Halloween candy. I'm ready to get this episode to roll. Let's go. Oh my, oh my goodness. Okay. I am Jeff McLaughlin with Jeff G. Off McLaughlin with Professionals of Play. And today's episode, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about where our teams are going and how do we know they're successful in that journey. Now, I know that a lot of the times as leaders, when we're working with our teams, we have goals and metrics and all those kinds of things to help us to make sure that we're reaching that end destination. But a lot of times things change. And as leaders, how are we monitoring? What are we doing to make sure that our teams are on the same page? So that'd be the dashboards and the KPIs. Now, for those of you that don't know, KPI is key. What is it again? (laughs) 
performance indicated indicated here we'll help you with your episode with my i totally blanked on that one because i was like i was the key pi private investigators i'm glad my notes how to edit things of course she's gonna leave that part in now to make me look real smart but oh my gosh but those key performance indicators and knowing, helping us to know where our team is in the process and how do we know that they're successful? And so I was thinking because I've been looking online and some of the buzz terms and all the business things that are going on right now, one of the big ones is that quiet quitting and people mm-hmm. doing the very least amount that they can do to not get fired, but to keep their job, right? I don't know. It's a new term, but it's been around for a very long time. Say that those people are oftentimes just working to get a paycheck. And they're not actually invested in the job or the people that they're working with. And those people have been around for a very long time. Doesn't matter the job. Sometimes it's a personality issue. And sometimes it's a, they just haven't found the thing that works for them. So if we are looking at those key performance indicators, what are they? And you can be job specific if you want. But for you as a leader, what are some of those things that you look for in your team that give you those KPIs that say these people are actually invested in what they're doing and they're moving themselves and the organization forward. So from your experience, whether that's higher education, whether that's nonprofit world, medical banking, real estate, what are some of those indicators that say this person is actually invested in their job? What do you look for? Who's got one for me? Let me see here. They show up to work on time. They communicate regularly. They're enthusiastic about being there. They're alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. Enthusiastic, alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> and they return calls. And realtors have the worst reputation for never calling anybody back. And then that shows an apathy because I can't say that's not true in a lot of the agents out there. So if they're returning calls, they're excited for not only what they're doing, but for the people that they're serving. Yeah. Because quiet quitting, the definition of quiet quitting is lack of enthusiasm, returning phone calls, being excited. They're connected. They're engaged. I think engaged is a really important term. If they're not engaged in the process, they're disengaged. And if you get disengaged from the process, at some point you get bitter and start to actively go against what your company organization is trying to do. Sure. There's actually, yeah. One of the indicators for me was when people would say, how can I help? And it wasn't a function of I'm bored or what else can I do? But there's a lot going on. I have some bandwidth. How can I be of assistance? That shows a high level of engagement and enthusiasm and knowing that they're part of the team. I think that knowing you're part of the team is really important. Would that be, as a leader, how do you, other than, hey, here's your paycheck, you get a monthly paycheck. How, what do we do to let people know you are part of the team? Ask questions. From my point of view, it's, yep, ask the question and listen to the answer. Actively listen. Don't just go, oh, yeah. Oh, that's such a thoughtful idea. I'll never think about again. Yes. (laughs) You actually have to put some effort into it. Yeah. So, Geoff, if I'm the leader and I'm trying to, one of the indicators like you all have just brought up is the engagement of the employees, if that's one of my key performance indicators, how do I measure it? 
How do I keep track of it? How do I put it on a scorecard or a dashboard or whatever? How do, what do I do? Great question. That was actually one of going to be one of my next questions is how do you measure engagement? Is it productivity? Is it the speed of which things get done? Is it the, and this is a really hard one to measure because sometimes you can't measure necessarily feelings. When people walk into where you work, a customer walks in, are they greeted with a smile? Are they greeted welcoming body language, tone, words? Does the employee faction feel like they are a part of a group that they belong in and that they matter to? That's a really hard thing to measure, but I think the measurable outcome is the success of the organization, which could be monetarily. It could be in terms of client retention. It could be in terms of your reviews from past clients or repeat business. I think those would be indicators of engagement from your team and how they interact with each other. That's what I would look for that as a leader. There are ways to measure what you said, the, um, you know, how people feel about something and it's asking them not, do you feel X, Y, or Z, but rather I have the opportunity to voice my concern and then rate that on your Likert scale, one to five or whatever the case is. And I've done other assessments that ask those kinds of engagement questions. And then also paired with that is how important is this? For example, I can ask questions of my boss, but it's not important to me because I don't have a lot of questions, for example. So you get to measure what folks think and also how they value it. And yeah, it's not a quarterly. It's not something you're going to just bust out and crank out a report for. You have to be intentional and go get the assessment done. But there is a way to get there. And there is, there are then KPIs you can establish and then push against over the course of a year. Seems to me like a really important KPI, if you will, although it's not what traditionally I've thought of as a KPI. Are you able to meet your goals? I like that one through five. Because if they're able to meet their life goals or their even their period goals through the employment that, that you're offering them, then chances are they're going to be happier there, better, produce better. And that's a roundabout way of saying instead of focusing on developing bottom line, we focus on developing the person, helping them achieve their goals so that we can achieve ours. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're investing with you're a leader and you're investing time, effort, and energy into finding out those things about your employees. I think that th that KPI has changed. There's a meme that's going around right now that, that I saw, I posted in our little, our podcast group that the KPIs crossed out the key performance indicators and it changed KPI to keeping people interested, keeping people informed, keeping people intelligent. And, or was it intelligence? Something along that line where if you are investing the time, effort, and energy into your people to help them grow personally and professionally, it changes the way the organization works because all of a sudden that person matters more than just a cog in the wheel. They are a part of the team and you are showing them through your actions, through your intentions, that they matter to the organization. And so as a leader, I think that's one of Honestly, I would look at that as a leader's key performance indicator. Are you investing in your team, yeah. whether that's time, 
conversations financially and in intelligence and technology so that your team can be successful. I'm a believer that your team will not be committed to you until they know that you're 100% committed to them. Absolutely. So it's going to, it takes time, but you need to build that trust and build that relationship in order for them to be committed to you. It's, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time though. Yeah. What, so what happens then though, if those indicators are not there as a leader, what can you do if they're, let's say they're meeting their goals at a bare minimum, they're like, okay, here's your goal. You got it. Cool. I hit my goal every quarter. Great. But they're not for some reason actively engaged in exceeding above and beyond that goal. Is that an issue? That's a really good debate topic because on one hand, that's good. They're meeting all their markers. Okay, we are good. Then the question is good enough. And we wanted to go as the book says, the great does not get achieved with passive achievement of the minimums, right? But each person doesn't have to be so career focused and driven that they want to go up the chain of command or get those promotions they may just want to do their part and walk away at the end of the day. I'm not quite that person, but I can understand how some folks just don't want to put their heart and soul into their job. They really put it into their hobby or whatever else they've got going on outside of that workspace. So I think there's a lot of room for debate. I know that people who do engage in that kind of work, let's hope they're doing it by choice, not by defeated. They should, they should have the opportunity and know they do and choose not to. That's one thing different than, ah, it won't matter anyway. I'll just do this and work my way through. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because you, in a larger organization, you're going to have those people that are, Hey, I'm here. I'm doing my job. I don't necessarily have the desire to move up into management. I don't want to take care of those higher responsibilities. I just want to do my job. Let me do that and walk out the door at the end of the day, collect my paycheck and go home to my family. And I think that's okay as well, as long as that's clearly understood. Yep. If, if there's that communication piece between leadership and employees saying, hey, if you don't want to be a manager, here's what we need from you. And you're meeting those goals. Awesome. And you're likable and nice to be around. As long as you're not causing problems, great. You have a job. Yeah. I've had people that were just content being worker bees and that's what they want to do. And they're exceptional at what they do. I'm knowing the businesses Jeff Geyer has been in, I'm sure Jeff's had employees that are fantastic worker bees. Yeah, absolutely. Not everybody has the same goal that they want to be the leader of their department or organization or be the CEO or be the president of the world, right? We all have different goals. As a leader, I think our one of our responsibilities is to help people develop into the person that they want to become, not the person I want them or the leader wants them to become. It's we're trying to develop people. And that isn't the reason I'm hesitating is because I believe there's there's more potential in each one of us than each one of us believes about ourselves. So we can be more better whatever, then we necessarily believe that we can, but we help people discover that as opposed to drag them to it or force them to it. So yeah, the leadership's responsibility isn't to make everybody a leader. No, Uh, the leadership's to help people find out the best person that they can become. Find their. That's really interesting that you say that because just this week I read 
a statement that I'm still pondering is getting people to believe in their worth or what they can become. When people believe something, it gives that something life. It's dead mm-hmm. until they believe it. Thought, wow, that's huge. Mm-hmm. It actually gives it life when they believe it. You can tell them, but until they believe it, it stays dead within them. That's why it's so important for leaders to share and share a vision and get buy-in on a vision. Because if people are excited about that vision can be attained. It gives it life. Believing it, it gives it life. We're, we're straying a little bit away from the KPI thing, but this is really important about engaging people and helping people. One of, one of the things, and here's my shameless plug, go to and, and find me on LinkedIn. But I posted today a quote that I heard from a football coach. You can go see the, go see the post. You'll read all about it. But the quote is, the only person you are destined to become. So the only person that we think of destiny as, this is this place that I have to get to or I'm going to get to it. My destiny. Only person you are destined to become is the person you decide to be. So that whole whatever you want to become is up to you and your decision and your dreams and goals. And as leaders, we're I think it's one of our responsibilities to help our employees figure out what that is and help them along that path. Excellent. Excellent. So what about those? I'm interested because Dr. Sam, you're from higher education. I came from the public school setting. What, how does it work when other than tenure for an educator, there's really, at least in the public school system, you get paid the same amount as an exceptional teacher gets paid the same amount as a mediocre teacher, as a teacher who's doing the bare minimum and just skating by. What, what's that like in the higher education world and what's the impetus for people to go above and beyond? The mechanism I think is similar. I won't say no, cause I'm not steeped in every single higher education model out there, but there's very little opportunity generally for merit-based pay. Uh, there's some, and there's evaluation. You may get a percentage increase and that percentage increase is based on the number of your evaluation. It's a matter of decimal points at that point, but what's the incentive? Right. And we've talked about this a few times before on our 70 plus episodes. It's not the paycheck that incentivizes people. It's there's more of the intrinsic motivation. So the person who's doing the bare minimum probably, arguably, isn't in their life job. Right. They're probably doing a job, but it's probably not fulfilling their passion. Whereas the folks who are just killing it are working extra hours, not because somebody says, yeah, your job description says 40. We expect you to work 60, so just do 60. But to do it because there's more work to do and more ways to impact people, more ways to affect others in their experience. And in the industries you mentioned, your education, how to help people learn and succeed and thrive in a space that's not that easy and is a setup for the next thing that's coming. It's a huge responsibility and so much fun. And the folks who know it's a part of them, they just do it. And do you need to incentivize it? No, you really don't. But to reward it is a different question. And not take it for granted is more difficult because people who put in the extra effort, they're not expecting necessarily an outcome. Recognition is nice, but if it's year after year putting in extra and nothing, chances are decent. They're going to go knock on Brian's door and say, hey, I'd like to visit for a minute. And then things get a little bit rough after that. I think you mentioned, you said it, impact. The impact that you other human being to inspire, to uplift, to educate, to give hope to. 
And I think those are the things that are not necessary. That's not, it's not merit-based, obviously. The connection with another human being and affecting somebody's life in a positive manner, which obviously in education, everybody I know has a favorite teacher. Everybody I know has somebody that affected their life positively in the education world, whether that's public school, private school, elementary, college, whatever, that they said that person made a difference in my life. And I think that's where if we start to look at an indicator of what's our impact on people, what's our impact in the lives of others, there's a big chance that impact creates income. I've always heard that from the coach, coaching industry and other realms that, hey, the bigger the impact you create, the more passionate you are about helping people, the income is going to follow. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just a natural byproduct of things. And yeah, yeah. so that's, I don't know, it's, it's really interesting because obviously we started with key performance indicators and we now are like impact. <clears throat> that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So for all of you out there, we are the No More Leadership BS podcast. And I hope that you have garnered some sort of information today that will help you out in your world. If for any reason you were having a hard time coming up with, how do I keep my people interested? How do I help them to be more impactful in the job space or with the people that they work with? Please, by all means, reach out to us. We are here to help people out to make an impact in the world. You can reach us at askus at leadershipbs.co or you can find us on Facebook. We are all, I believe, I think most of us are on LinkedIn. Jeff Geyer, Jeff Conroy, Myra Hall. Dr. Myra's not on there. <laughs> nope, don't do that one. <laughs> Jeff McLaughlin at Professionals at Play. Uh, please reach out to us. Let us know if we are making an impact in your daily life or in your, maybe it's your weekly life on your podcast schedule. But please, by all means, reach out to us. Let us know how we can help you out because that's one of our passions in life is helping other people to have the best life they can possibly have. So from all of us here at the No More Leadership BS podcast, thank you very much for listening. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you on the next one. Great episode. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.